Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Court. Ten seconds remaining. They just gotta throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh! It. A miracle. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. Shock it off in college basketball. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast. I'm Stucky, and joining me tonight for an instant bracket reaction show is Jim Root of the Three Man Weave. Welcome, Jim, and uh, got got a lot to talk about. We're just we're gonna have a major previews, in depth previews, going over all of the games, matchups, and talk a little bit more after we get a couple of days to kind of to dive in. But we wanted to have an instant reaction. On, you know, some of the things that we're seeing initially and thoughts on the field. But first, before we get into that, Jim, one high, one high level takeaway from the weekend from you. Uh, we had a couple tickets punched and a couple teams from the state of Virginia win uh, four games in four days to punch their ticket. What is that uh, one takeaway for you? Uh, yeah, Richmond getting in, I think was awesome. Uh, Chris Mooney's a coach I've always kind of liked. Um, just, I like the Princeton action that he runs. He's, he's shown a willingness to change defenses year over year. We like gone to a zone and then back to man to man. So seeing him get in was cool. And like the reaction from his family, uh, uh, they, they seemed relieved that they, they weren't going to probably have to change jobs or anything. They're going to stick around in Richmond. So I, I, I like that quite a bit. Uh, and then the other thing I, I really have to just hammer home to myself and maybe to the listeners too, is that I was for real. Like I, I am always so skeptical of the Hawkeyes of Fran. He's never made a second weekend in his entire coaching career, but this team is legitimate. Like they do, they do some things differently than his Hawkeye teams of the past. He wins the big 10 tournament. I mean, that, that is different in itself. Uh, so I am, I'm really impressed with Iowa right now and just trying to figure out just how far to take them in the bracket here. Yeah. Uh, good news, bad. Well, for, for first takeaway, I'll get here before we get into the bracket. Cause Iowa is an interesting case. Duke's defense. I mean, I think it's a legitimate a really legitimate concern playing Virginia tech four and four days and get absolutely shredded. Uh, have you, I know you had Duke and most people did. It's like one of the four or five teams that you think can win it. Has, has that changed in your mind based on what we've seen from like the Carolina game through the ACC tournament? I know they got to the final, but it wasn't, wasn't a convincing uh, last week or so for Duke. 
No, not at all. Even though with the games they won against Miami and Syracuse were not impressive. Like Syracuse shredded them without Buddy Beheim. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the defense. I coming into the year, I was like, this will be their strength. They've got size, athletes everywhere. They can. They have a shot swatter in the back of the line, back uh, back end of the defense, and Mark Williams. And it's just been bad. And I think you add that to the pressure that's going to come every single time they take the court with Coach K's last game looming. I don't see how this team gets through six games with all of that. Like you can't just flip a switch on defense and ignore some of the pressure stuff that I think caught up with them against North Carolina. And it's going to be even heavier here. Uh, so yeah, I am, I am thinking Duke is uh, a fade team for me in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Same. And uh, yeah. Cause one of the things that I've, we've talked about that you've said throughout the year is like Duke's defense, they're really young, but they have all the pieces. So it's like, sometimes they're just not locked in. And I bought that too. But, I mean, we've had opportunities over the last week where they should have been locked in, right? ACC championship game. Coach K's last game at home against Carolina. Syracuse without butt in the ACC tournament. My, like the, and it just hasn't been locked in when, you know, you think the some of the stakes have been a lot higher. So definitely concerned about that. But let's get into the bracket. And I guess we'll start really high level. I didn't have any problems. I had some problems with some of the matchups. One of the things that jumped out, the first thing they showed was Georgia State's a 16 seed. I was like, are you, are you serious? I thought they were going to be like maybe maybe a 14. They have to be the best 16 seed ever, maybe. I, um, I tweeted before the, the selection show. I was like, Do, I wonder if they'll take into account their injury issues and bump them from 15 to a 14. And instead, they went the other way. I, that made no sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was shocked that they were a 16. But I didn't, you know, and I, I hate that it's like San Fran is playing uh, Mary State. Um, which is kind of unfortunate, but I didn't have any major problems with any of the teams that got snubbed. I know if you go based on analytics, like you could be like, why, why Oklahoma over Rutgers and, and some of those things. But did you have any problems with the actual field? Uh, the one that I really don't like is Notre Dame being in. Uh, I don't think the, the four and nine versus quads one and two isn't very impressive. They played a good non-conference strength of schedule, which I think is something the committee loves to look at. But when they were defending having them in, their first thing was, well, they beat Kentucky. That's a huge win. Like It was at home, and a couple of their bubble teams have neutral court wins over better teams. Like Texas A&M just beat Auburn on a neutral. Oklahoma just beat Baylor on a neutral. And they also had some good home wins, too. I think that Notre Dame resume was really flawed, and I would, I would not hate the conspiracy theory that they wanted like a really big brand in the first four. Yep. And I think that's why Notre Dame's there. And I think that's why Indiana got pushed down into there. Cause I, I Indiana should be above first four to me, to, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see that with, with Notre Dame and plus like just the ACC was not that impressive this year. No, we don't need five of those teams in here. Yeah. We don't need uh, that many ACC teams. All right. So let's look at the actual regions and I'll give my high level takeaway at first. So you mentioned Iowa and this is like the – it's kind of the luck of the draw, right? When you have futures and you're like, all right, what's, what's my path going to be? Where am I going to be seated? What's the region look like? So my preseason future was Kentucky – only preseason future was Kentucky 20 to 1. And then last week I added Iowa. I had some 70 to 1, um, some 50 to 1, 60 to 1 over the past week or so. I was like, this team's for real. So I was like, ah, they're probably not going to be able to get up to like a three or four seed. But I saw that Midwest – and I said, wow, Iowa can make a run. You know, obviously, Candace, I think, is a slightly better team, but Iowa can beat them. And I think you could argue that I was the second best team in that region as the five seed, right? You have a, a three of Wisconsin, a, a four of Providence, <laughs> Auburn away from home. Um, so I thought, oh, look, Midwest opportunity. I'm very happy 
for my Iowa future, but my Kentucky future uh, in the East, whew, the East is loaded. So those are the things that jumped off the page for me from high level regions. What, what did you say? Yeah. I mean, if you could just, they're, they're both SEC teams in the two seed slot, you could trade Kentucky and Auburn and that, that would be a wonderful draw for, for Kentucky there. Yeah. The Providence Wisconsin thing is really interesting because I think people have talked about them a lot winning close games. Oh, easy fade come tournament time. That's not going to continue. Now they're in the same region as the three and the four that just makes that region feel soft to me inherently. Um, There's also some imbalance with just the teams I wanted to be able to pick to the final four. Uh, There's a lot of them in the South. I I think Illinois is a team I I thought maybe could make a run despite the early loss in the quarters, the big 10 Tennessee was a team I really wanted to pick far, but I was pretty set on having Arizona and Gonzaga in the final four, no matter what, no matter who is in their regions. I just believe in the process, the the style that those teams have. They're very similar considering the the coaching staffs that they have. Um, So I'm going with those two final four, but if you threw Tennessee into the Midwest, if you threw Illinois into the Midwest, maybe even if you threw Villanova into the Midwest, I would pick those to the final four. I, I think that is the weakest region to me. Yeah. Well, by, by the way, Gonzaga, Gonzaga versus Arizona would be just an incredibly entertaining game. Yes. Uh, if you just like to watch basketball and teams just fly up and down the court. Um, all right. So let's get in. I guess we'll, we'll just go quickly region by region. If you, if you know, we'll, we'll talk maybe a game that you might like um, in the first round, a team that you think might be a sleeper. And again, we're going to go way in depth into all of these matchups and regions on Tuesday night when we record. So you'll have that uh, by Wednesday morning going through all these games to help you fill out your brackets and try to find some winners. So let's uh, let's start in the West with Gonzaga. I actually think they're they're, they're a little high. The spread is a little high against Georgia State. They'll defend a little bit inside. They have some capable guards. Maybe, you know, pre- pressure Gonzaga and some turnovers. Gonzaga could go on an 18-0 run at any point in time. I think that spread's kind of high. But I don't see anyone taking out Gonzaga prior to the Sweet 16. So the question then becomes, you know, who in that region? Um, you know, you look at Duke. Duke already did beat them, but I, we're not buying Duke. So, Anyone else stick out uh, in that region or any first-round matchups for you? Uh, I think Texas Tech could give Gonzaga a good game. They, they battled them on a neutral floor back in December, uh, and the fact that they kept them out of the paint, I think it was by far Gonzaga's lowest points in the paint total of the entire season. That's just what Texas Tech does to teams. So I think that's maybe a tough draw for them if they get there, and I, and I kind of think they will because, as we mentioned, not very high on Duke. I'm excited about the Michigan state Davidson first round game. And not just because it's the foster lawyer bowl that that is exciting in itself. Um, But this is a great narrative test Uh, there's so much narrative about Tom Izzo in March, but his ATS record in the tournament since the 2015 final four run is not good. I believe it was like three and six. Uh, So he has not been covering spreads and this Davidson team, they, they execute well. They've got shooting at every position. If they get into the second round stuck, I kind of like them as a quasi Virginia tech, the way they run motion yep. against Duke. Uh, I'm very intrigued by that as a potential upset in Greenville. Yeah. I'm not buying what Michigan state is selling. I mean, if you go by, I, I think per shot quality, they were, I mean, they had what there were two games under 500 was their projected right. record. They were <laughs> their number one in big 10 play and three point shooting and three point defense. Um, and they still, you know, weren't that impressive. 
won a couple of close games. <clears throat> yeah, so that was the first thing. I, I think Davidson could take that game. And then I said, look, I, I want to see Davidson shred that Duke defense just like we saw. I tweeted that same thing out. And that game will be – I wonder if we'll get some – I wonder if we'll get a good Davidson crowd for the Michigan State game. But Duke will obviously have a good crowd for those games given the location. Um, Arkansas-Vermont, I think a lot of people are going to – talk about that game given the spread and maybe not a lot of people have seen Vermont who you know one of the things with Vermont is like this team is an absolute wagon offensively and they go on just these enormous runs but how bad was the America East this year and they I mean they won games in their league tournament by 39 39 and 32 to to (laughs) win the title so uh is Vermont live here or does Arkansas have too many athletes I, I think Vermont will be live somewhat, but I think maybe the, the right thing to do is what we saw with Colgate last year. Like they put a big run on them early, got up double digits. Uh, and so you could bet Vermont first half, but yeah, the, the way that they can wear them down with pressure, with athletes pounding the paint. I, I think this Vermont team is they're, they're better than Colgate was last year and they have more athleticism. They've got some, some transfers that I think actually can battle, like having Missoula there, having Finn Sullivan come in from WCC, like he's seen some of these type of guys. Uh, And then obviously Davis and Shungu. I like Vermont there. Uh, I saw it coming down already. I think I I grabbed a plus six uh, and I I saw a five, five and a half now. Uh, Maybe it'll come back up, but uh, I wanted to grab that because I I like Vermont. I think they're too well coached and uh, Arkansas, well, Athletic, they're not quite the same gear as last season. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely liking the Catamounts there. So it sounds like you're going to have Gonzaga coming out of this bracket. That's my initial – out of this region. That's my initial thought process as well. And then I would say it's – to me, it's it looks like a little bit of a chalky uh, region to me as how it's going to play out. But I think Davidson could be the spoiler to that party. I think that they're like the sleeper that could get to the second weekend. Um would you agree with that assessment? Is there any other teams you want to throw out there? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I like the, the 12 and the 13 in a vacuum, New Mexico State and Vermont. I don't love just the physicality and athleticism they have to play between UConn and Arkansas. I, I don't know if either of those teams can win two games to get yep. to the second weekend. Um, and then I, I'm definitely circling Alabama as a team that I'm probably going to fade for against the team that's playing its second game. Uh, and it's the late game Friday, so they'll have time to travel out to San Diego and, and they won't be – I totally screwed by the travel there. Uh, we always see one of these playing teams win. Uh, so I, 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 that's what I'm at least looking at, but I don't, again, I don't think they'll beat Texas tech to get to the sweet 16. Uh, by the way, 11 seeds, 23 and 21 since 2010 straight up in the first round, <laughs> um, which is pretty surprising. Probably just like a random noise thing. Cause they're 60 and one Oh four overall in the history of the tournament. But uh, just an interesting note. All right, let's move over to the South. You already mentioned that Arizona uh, you like them to come out of this region. Although, you know, depending on Seton Hall's health, but he, like, let's say TCU Seton Hall, by the way, as soon as that came out, I said, that game's a brawl. Like that's a men's game. Yeah. Yes. Um, that, so the winner of that, like say, say TCU is healthier and they advance, like can their physicality, their offensive rebounding prowess, or does it get limited by Arizona size? Can any of them put a scare into Arizona or is Arizona just too much of a juggernaut? I, I think they can put a scare into them. I think the, the Stanford game is probably the model. I mean, Arizona didn't get away from Stanford because Stanford's one of the biggest teams in the country. They battled them in the paint. We don't, I, I would imagine Creesa is not playing in that game. I think there's some whispers. He thinks he'll be back. He was out of the boot during the UCLA game, at least, but 
it looked bad. He was limping around. I, I would not be optimistic. And honestly, if I'm, if I'm Lloyd, I wouldn't want to force him in there. Um, so yeah, I, I think both of those teams could give them uh, a problem because they're so similar. I mean, whoever survives that is just going to be ready for another street fight. Yep. There's also some interesting, of course, Villanova is the two seed here in this region. They're going to take on, by the way, they'll, they take on Delaware, a pretty localized matchup, which is fun. And this game, that game will be in pit. Delaware's coach, his dad was, was an absolute legend went, uh, and went to Villanova, which is just a, an interesting note. But um, I, there's a couple teams that I had circled that I was like, well, these teams are going to be fun, potential dogs that I'm going to take in the first round here. Tell me if one jumps out to you more than the other, but can Chattanooga hang with Illinois? I think one of the interesting things there is they have DeSousa, who can you know, provide some physicality in the middle for Kofi. And then you have UAB and Jelly Walker, uh, taking on Houston, who got their first win, I think, today over a team in the field. That's their first win over a team in the field. Um, maybe some fatigue concern from Houston, but maybe that maybe that's something you think about for the second game. But who do you think is more live there, Jelly Walker and UAB or the excellent guards uh, of the mocks? I think I'll go Chattanooga's a little bit more live. I mean, UAB, like, like you said, I was – ready to bet them as a 12 seed against somebody and they get the team. That's, you know, the highest predictive ranking in, in uh, probably in history for a five seed, they're number five in Ken Palm. Uh, so maybe that spread will be big enough to, to back UAB, but I'm, I just, Calvin Sampson's kind of like a, a, a metronome. Like I think he's going to succeed in the NCAA tournament because the physicality is so repeatable. The offensive rebounding is just so far above anything you see in conference USA. Uh, even junior Lofton can't measure up to that. But Nuga's uh, the the playmaking guards they have the, the shot making we saw Jean Baptiste make the ultimate March Madness shot against Wofford or uh, excuse me uh, against Furman in the final. Uh, so with their the combination of size and their big guards, they're not going to like harass Curbelo into a bunch of turnovers, which I think is a good way to beat Illinois. But uh, I think to slow the game down, they have enough shot makers that they can be feisty with Illinois. So I, I would say Chattanooga in that question. Arizona's the team you got coming out. Who's the team you think can make some noise that is uh, a lower seed? Is it Loyola and their their defense? They really came out at the end of the year in the Valley Tournament. Who's the sleeper to potentially look at here? Yeah, I would go Loyola. I, I'm I'm really out on Ohio State, unfortunately. Um, yeah. it, it's as I, I think Holtman has never lost a first round NCAA tournament game, so that's you know a trend worth monitoring. But they're a dog to a ten seed, and I think it's for a good reason. They've been really scuffling down the stretch. They're beat up. Uh, I don't know if Zed Key and Kyle Young will be fully healthy. Uh, it is a Friday game, so they get the extra day. That helps. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about Ohio State. And then Loyola against Villanova, that's going to be a half-court game, a lot of execution. Uh, and Loyola has four guys that have been been there before. I mean, Lucas Williamson's been to the Final Four and the Sweet 16 in separate occasions. Uh, so they've got the tournament experience. They're not going to be intimidated by Villanova's experience in the second round. Ultimately, I think Jay Wright gets it done there, and, and they beat Loyola, but I, I don't think it'll be an easy out. Yeah, uh, Ohio State, yeah, they're injured. Their defense has been oof, uh, issues that I think Loyola can take advantage of here. They'll have to have a huge day from Liddell, who can always just carry you to a victory, but uh, I would tend to agree with you. And uh, Holman, last year, brother, lost to the 15th seed in the first round of Oral Roberts. Oh, yeah, wow. Okay, good call. <laughs> um all right, let's move to the East, which I think is just absolutely loaded, sadly, for my cats. We'll at least get to play in Indianapolis. They'll have two home games to start. But this is just 
loaded. I mean, Carolina's an eight seed up and down. I could, they can hang with anyone on a given day. They're very Jekyll and Hyde. But Baylor's the one, you know, you got a, just a, a really tough and going to be well-prepared St. Mary's team in there. UCLA went to the Final Four last year. Uh, you know, Texas and Chris Beard, Purdue, Kentucky. I mean, this this is uh, an absolutely just gaunt, it's an absolute gauntlet uh, filled with just a, a team teams that I think can make a lot of like Virginia Tech's in there too. Who's just we just saw what they did last week. What do you make uh, San Fran and Murray State? I go on and on. Yeah. The East is just uh, loaded. What uh, what do you see here when you first look at the East? The the first thing I thought of is thinking of last year's East region, or maybe not East, but bottom left of the bracket. The one seed was Michigan. Isaiah Livers was announced out for the tournament, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's the vulnerable one seed. They're losing first. Who, who are they losing to? St. Bonaventure, or LSU in the second round. So I think everybody's circling Baylor to lose to North Carolina and or, or maybe Marquette, but it seems like Carolina's the consensus there. I actually think maybe they're a little undervalued. Um, I definitely have them to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I, I kind of trust Scott Drew to get there, the, the Flagler shot making, and they figured out their rotation without Cryer at this point uh, and, and JTT. But I love St. Mary's, man. I, I, I've seen this team live now at the beginning of the year in Maui, and I saw them at the end of the year in the WCC tournament, and they're just so difficult to play against. Uh, he's going to, Randy Bennett's going to have a prep time edge against Wyoming or Indiana, and the UCLA matchup is going to be kind of a physical war, but UCLA's more erratic and St. Mary's is just so consistent. Uh, I'm probably gonna have the Gales making a little bit of a run here. Yep. Yeah. The, yeah. Tommy Cousy, who's uh, been there forever, his kind of resurgence and shooting, I mean, he missed this year. Uh, yeah, well. Bennett, Bennett joked in the, the press conference. He's like, when he arrived here six years ago, he was a mid-level D2 player and now he's like an all-conference stud, but yeah, he has been there legitimately six years. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. He's been incredible. I, I I wouldn't be I, I said this I tweeted this out looking for a big dog upset like I like St Mary's more I like them as a dog because they, they're number one they're extremely well coached they're experienced uh, their defense is incredible and but like as a favorite not as much because yeah. they're gonna, gonna play low possession games but that's you kind of want that Akron's kind of the same way so don't be if you want to get a little crazy you know UCLA was in the final four last year way more talented. But Akron has some size inside um, the defensive player of the year as well. But and Ali Ali, they shoot a lot of threes and they play extremely slow. Like that game is going to be a grind. UCLA and Akron with those two coach. I mean, that's going to be a slow game, low possessions, more variance, a lot of threes. You want to get crazy. Uh, look at Akron. Um, that, that one feels like an upset that's going to be ignored by most people. Like they're looking at all the other ones. South Dakota State's 30 and four, won their league. Chattanooga won their league. Yeah, uh, Akron wasn't the regular season champion, so they weren't getting the love all season that somebody like Toledo or even Ohio was who won a game last year. And since UCLA went to the final four, they're kind of a darling and, and people are already penciling them to like at least the second round. And yeah, I think Akron's at least worth, worth a look. All right. Um, before we move on, <clears throat> excuse me, before we move on to the final bracket, final region, I should say. Who do you who do you think you're going to have coming out of this? Again, we, we're going to look at this for a couple more days and Thoughts can change. And then who is uh, a potential sleeper? Yeah, I mean, can, should Kentucky fans be worried about Murray State or San Francisco? Uh, my problem is going to be who, who's picking who wins that game. Um, I'm going to – I always stick to my guns in the bracket. It's one of my rules of thumb. Like, my team that I pick to win it, I'm always going to have them go to the Final Four. So, like, I'm going to have Kentucky going to the Final Four. Out of this region, hopefully Kellen Grady can remember how to shoot a basketball. So, we'll see <laughs> if that 
occurs. But I'm going to have Kentucky coming out. And then Akron is like my team that could pull one shocking upset. And uh, Virginia Tech, don't don't sleep on them. Um, the team runs incredible offense, obviously peaking at the right time, well coached. Uh, but uh, I'm going to have Kentucky coming out. What are your, what are your, as of right now, your thoughts on who comes out of there and who could be a spoiler? I basically I'm down to, I, I think Murray's going to beat San Francisco. I'm not like positive on it, but I just, I really like this Murray state team. And it feels a lot like when Kentucky was a two seed playing this darling seven in 2019, when they played Wofford, I'm, I'm basically at the point where whoever I pick to win between Murray state and Kentucky is going to the final four. I will probably go the safe route and pick Kentucky, but I'm at least considering the racers there. Uh, just, I, I, I believe in them. I think they're as good as advertised. Um, and then Virginia tech. Yeah. We talked about them. I don't really trust Purdue. I think the defense is a, a serious problem. And as you mentioned, Virginia tech runs wonderful offense. They can take advantage of it there. Yeah. Yeah. And St. Mary's is uber dangerous. Uh, as well it's it's a loaded loaded east and by the way coach cal who i know doesn't listen to our podcast i brought this up and it cost him against tennessee he's one of the worst coaches in the country with two foul participation one of the things to watch in kentucky games if oscar shibway gets second foul early like midway through the first half he's going to sit the rest of the first half and the other team's going to have an advantage and can either build a lead or kentucky gets too far behind when they're not hitting shots it scares me every time. So she by foul trouble uh, and Grady shooting is something to watch there. All right, let's move on to the final region, and that's the Midwest. Um, you know, you have Kansas as the one seed made a, uh, a run to win the Big 12 tournament. You have Auburn here. It's, it's, like we talked about, it's a pretty vulnerable, vulnerable region. Like I, I would say if, if I've had to pick one path that I want, it's probably Kansas. Uh, you know, you have LSU with whatever was going on with them, and they just haven't looked great. Their offense, you have Providence. We've talked about how fortunate they've been, and they just got dominated by Creighton. Wisconsin, been a bit fortunate this year. But, I mean, they're going to grind you down, and and, and uh, they're going to be in games, and they obviously have a player of the year candidate in Johnny Davis. But you have Auburn away from home, a USC team that I don't really believe in. It's Iowa for me. Uh, the I hope we get Iowa-Kansas to be an incredible game. I'm probably going to stick to my guns just taking an Iowa feature and have Iowa coming out of this region. Um, but I think it's going to come down to Iowa versus Kansas. What says you? Yeah, I think that's the best two teams. Um, I actually, I, because I can't figure out who I'm picking in that game, I'm probably picking Auburn to the final four. That's like my weird uh, default because uh, that, that game is such a toss up to me. Uh, I really want to see Iowa, South Dakota state in the second round. Sorry, Providence fans, First but 150 wins legitimately. Like the total is probably going to be at least 170. I would yep. think Oh yeah. Um, up and down. Both offenses are terrific. Not, not getting stopped by either defense. Uh, that's in stark contrast to the eight, nine game, San Diego state Creighton, which will be a war. Uh, but yeah, I was the team that's impressed me most here. If, like I said, if Tennessee was the three seed here, I'd pick them to the final four, but I don't trust Providence. I don't trust Wisconsin. Uh, so by default, probably ending up with Auburn making the run, uh, even even despite their guards. And yeah, like you, hoping, hoping, hoping that we get Kansas, Iowa in the Sweet 16. Let's see. Shot quality, shot, shot quality graded today's Iowa win over Purdue, 84 to 68, 90, with 90% of the time. Iowa, um, winning, Iowa winning that much? Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Um, what I think uh, it, well, people are going to want to maybe pick Colgate against Wisconsin. You know, Colgate, they saw them last year. It's a team that could shoot, have shooters everywhere. My concern there, 
because I was looking to fade Wisconsin. It's like Wisconsin does a really good job of taking away the three. Um, so can Colgate make enough shots here and get enough good looks to stay in it? On the flip side, it's like Wisconsin's going to play slow. You know, it's not going to be a lot of possessions in their game, so they you know you can hang around against them. Um, is Colgate a team that can beat Wisconsin, or do you not like the matchup? I like the matchup and I don't think Wisconsin is somebody that's going to blow you out of the water. Like last year we saw Colgate get overwhelmed by Arkansas. Like I said, in the, in the uh, second half, cause they just wore down. Yeah, that's not Wisconsin's yeah. game. Like they're yeah. not a athletic overwhelming type of team. The concern here is that it is in Milwaukee. And as our, our producer Matt Mitchell points out, it's a night game in Milwaukee where the Wisconsin fans are going to be belligerent. The crowd is going to be crazy for the Badgers. So unless the, the LSU and Iowa State fans and the Purdue and Yale and Texas and Virginia Tech fans also from uh, the Milwaukee site. Unless they all get their support behind Colgate, this could be a really hostile environment for them. Uh, so I'm tempted by Colgate, but uh, that, that is giving me a little bit of pause. Yeah, I think the teams that note that are going to have good home, really, you know, home advantages for the first games. Kentucky, obviously, and Indianapolis will be two home games. Wisconsin and Milwaukee, Duke um playing i think in where are they playing greenville south carolina yep um and baylor's in fort worth like yeah yeah, there's a couple other ones i'm I'm curious does vermont does vermont travel to uh buffalo is the state of vermont we'll see i think it's probably maybe like five hour ride uh anyone in this uh you know we said you you said you might have auburn because you can't decide on iowa kansas i'm gonna have iowa coming out can any of these Lower seeds make a deep run. Um, I, I guess, you know, when I was looking, I, I'm, I worry about like, yeah, it's, it's hard for, I, I don't really see a lower seed making a deep run in this, even though I don't like a lot of the top seeds. Um, do you see any like team worth uh, maybe taking a flyer on in your bracket? Not really. The like 11 seed, we talked about 11s having a great record recently. Iowa State's been awful offensively down the stretch, like hideously bad, historically bad. I, I don't trust them to make a run as great as the Richmond run through the A-10 was. Don't really trust them either. South Dakota State probably going to run into Iowa, which I think is unfortunately not uh, a winnable matchup. I think they just get outscored in that one. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't love anybody here. I think that I've seen – I've heard some people talking about Miami because uh, they don't trust USC. They don't trust Auburn's guards. Um, but I'm not sold on, on that one either. So this one, uh, other than uh, Colgate, if they get past Wisconsin, I think they're sweet 16 bound because I think LSU and Iowa state are kind of quasi broken at this point. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I do like, as of right now, first uh, for what it's worth, I do like Miami to get by USC and then that's it. Uh, the coaching edge in that game for me, uh, with Miami before we get out of here and just want to remind everyone, we're going to have two-part episode going through all the games on Thursday and Friday. I'll have uh, – we're just we're going to do a region each. So I'll do a region with Jim. I'll do a region with Matt, Kai, and BJ, and we'll go really in-depth. So those will be out Wednesday morning. We'll have Big Bets on Campus Live every day of the tournament this upcoming weekend. So make sure you check that out as well. We'll tweet out the links. But by the time you get our podcast previewing the games, it'll be Wednesday-ish – Jim, any any of the first first four games? Well, we're not going to talk about Texas Southern Corpus Christi unless you love it. Indiana, Wyoming, and Bryant Wright State. I assume we're going to see a lot of zone from Bryant against Wright State, and then Notre Dame Rutgers. Anyone of those jump out 
to you, whether for, from a single game betting perspective or like, oh, if this team wins, like, look out. Uh, it's one of the teams, the first four teams that we've seen in the past going to deep run. I think VCU came out of the first four, went to the final four. Anything yeah. in the first four games? Uh, I took the over in Wright State Bryant. I thought that number was a hair low. It's like 151 and a half or so. I think I think both teams can score. Bryant off the dribble can exploit Wright State. Like that's been their problem all year, stopping dribble penetration, and that's strength for Bryant. So I took the over there. Uh, and then I think the winner of Rutgers Notre Dame beats Alabama. Uh, I, I, if I had to pick that one, it'd probably be Rutgers. Uh, I just I trust their shot making a little bit more late in the game, like the way Ron Harper and Geo Baker have been down the stretch. Uh, and Notre Dame, not a very, not a very deep team. Rutgers can exploit them physically inside. Uh, and then quick turnaround with Alabama. Like I said, uh, at one point in the episode, it's the late game on Friday. So they do have a little bit of time to get acclimated to the West coast after getting over there from Dayton. Uh, that's, that's the one vulnerability I see for a run. I, I don't think either Wyoming or Indiana can, can touch St. Mary's on a quick turnaround. Yep. Yeah. I, I just, uh, this Alabama team just doesn't have it. Now they're always dangerous. If you 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 want to you say they're they're going to shoot 35 threes so if they make like 17 like they're probably going to win some games but they just haven't been shooting like that most games um, so that team has just uh, been off for most of the year I mean we've seen their ceiling when those threes are falling they beat Gonzaga so they might you know they might woo a couple people to move them on in their bracket and if the th- all the threes are falling suddenly but I don't see it um, all right that'll do it for us. Thanks, Jim, for checking in, going through our initial thoughts on the bracket. It's time for us to go dig into these games, find some winners, and we'll be back on Tuesday night with the two-part preview. And uh, this episode's back by Wednesday morning. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the madness, and we'll see you soon.